960 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours. And glad you've elected to spend some of your morning with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, the bottom of the hour, Dylan Montz will join the program. Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com is where you can read that fine newspaper. Dylan and Hayes Gardner, of course, Travis Hines and the whole paper over there. Uh, bottom of the hour, Dylan Montz on Iowa State. At 11 o'clock, Bama Bob, Trent and I will take a look back at college football from a national perspective. And then 11.30, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Slides on him, in before him and Mark Morehouse record, record their podcast. They're doing so earlier in the week, but we'll get uh, Scott Dockerman uh, to take a look at where Iowa is at as uh, college football reaches uh, the what the final four, two-thirds over, Trent, one-third to yeah. go. Uh, that's a pleasant way to start your day as the sand is quickly running out of the college football hourglass. So we'll do a lot of recapping, hopefully find some time to talk some NFL uh, in the show today, some MLB. Can you imagine how the euphoria that the Nationals fan base felt after their team leaves Houston up two games to nothing only to see games three, four, and five go the Astros' way and and none of them really uh, close. No, not at all. It's... uh... You go into that one, even if you're more of a pessimistic fan, you feel going home for three. Gotta get one. You're gonna get one. At the very least, and you go and you just need to find a way yeah. to win one more game in Houston. That's the worst case scenario. Well, the actual, There's one worse. The, the actual worst case <laughs> one scenario more level. played out. And here it is. And well, we talked about after the first two games, Nationals are gonna win this thing. I now we're back were. the other way. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. But this, uh, this dude with all that money, that uh, Mattress Mac, as they call it, yeah. that was flying all around the country uh, to make as, mu- as many bets um, on the Astros to win this thing, he, he got a huge price. He was still betting on his team mm-hmm. when they were down two zip. The reason he's doing it uh, is these. He's hedging his bet. He's hedging his bet. He he owns a mattress business and a really <laughs> successful one because mm-hmm. he has made tens of millions of dollars. I, I got to think, Trent, that one out of every two households in the city of Houston, which is a huge market, uh, has done some business with the mattress man over the years. Yeah, but he 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 had a promotion. If the Astros don't win the World Series. You don't have to pay for any product uh, that you bought for us within the last, I don't know when he started the promotion, but uh, he was looking up at a huge, huge loss and decided to invest his own money and to try and, you know, to hedge his bet a little bit. As you said, now he's going to he's gonna come out smelling like a rose, going to make a whole bunch of money. And that's good because here's a multimillionaire he needs the cash. Yes, exactly. Anyways, uh, let's start with the good, and that was Iowa uh, coming out on top of Northwestern as they improved to 6-2. and two. They are now bull eligible. Uh, we know that I was going to postseason, and good for them. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, Trent. I look, and I know that there's a lot of love for Iowa's defense as they shut out a team, and you got to give them credit for that. Uh, but this Northwestern, this is as uh, offensively challenged a football team in the Power Five. No, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think they're 129th in the country right well, now. Well, there you go. So Out of 130 right. in total de- offense. It's a team that, you know, I understand Pat Fitzgerald. He was just trying to find a way to win the game. And anytime they had any kind of positive momentum, 
They went for it twice on mm-hmm. fourth downs. Those two times that they didn't get it led to Iowa's two touchdowns. Yep. Iowa got the turnover early, couldn't convert it. It had the feeling early that it was just going to be one of those slog games. And, you know, I'm as willing as anybody to rip on Kirk Ferentz and the coaching staff for decisions. I, I know where you're going, and I couldn't agree with you more. So finish your point. You're right. Up 10 nothing at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And people on Twitter, on yep. Facebook, apoplectic. Yep. They are not going to go for it on four they down. style points, Trent. Look at this. Look at the way the I game know. is playing Couldn't out. I agree with you more. There is situational football, and you have to be smart. In Iowa, they've had plenty of times where they weren't smart True. in situational football. True. They have screwed up end of halves. They've yep. screwed up. There's been plenty of those. This was not that time. I agree with you, Trent. That w- it was the time to do what they did. Uh, look, the, the Northwestern was not going to score in the football game. Honest no. to God, they, they, they are that inept mm-hmm. uh, offensively. And and Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz and you know whoever was making ultimately making those decisions. I got to believe it's Kirk. He did the right thing because it looked like Brian was upset. Well, he was later on in the game. Well, that too. But th- there was there was a <laughs> shot of him late in the half where it looked like he was he, was he wanted to keep to go. going. Yeah. Well, that's why there's a head coach and right. an offensive coordinator. Yep. The head coach ultimately makes that call. Iowa wins it comfortably, twenty nothing. They control it. They coast, and now it comes down to Wisconsin. You know, if if they go to Camp Randall, it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. And they are inept offensively. So you've got them beating the Gophers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not so. Fast. We'll we'll get to the Gophers, but. It comes down if if they go through this season and they lose to Wisconsin, they win the rest and they're nine and three. That's a nice year. It absolutely is. But after what happened last season, the talent that they had and a perfect opportunity to win the division, and they let it fall by the wayside. And then this season, with the talent that they have, how good this team can be. Yes, there are weak spots, mm-hmm. most importantly, offensive guard. They're bad at that spot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there is a ton of talent on this team. And another nine and three, what could have been season. I think you're going to see quite a bit of angst. There's see, going to be frustration. I don't understand it. Nine and three. I don't care. If you're nine and three, I don't know how anybody can knock nine and three in college football in the Big Ten. That means you'll have a decade now I get of it. divisional play and yes. one appearance in Indianapolis. Yeah. So, I mean, Wisconsin resides there. Northwestern has dominated that division. Look, you're Iowa. Nine and three is pretty damn good. It, it is good. It is good in its singular self, and and that alone. Absolutely, I agree with. But big picture. Seven and five, different. Big picture, though, that's that's the problem. Because you have to, in order for to be able to make those seven and five type of seasons palpable, you have to have those breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And they had and they those did. opportunities yeah. these last two years. And if you don't break through, and if you don't get but that. But you only have to go back four years to when they did break through. And then before that, you have to go back another six seasons. Yeah. It's happened twice now. Right. And that's the frustrating part. There needs to be a little bit more for the fan base to be able to to get through that. Well, get... I can't speak for the fan base, so I, I mean that, that that's I'm not qualified to do that. And that I think that's where you're going to see some of that angst is going to come out. Mm-hmm. What could have been the defense? I mean, look what Michigan did against Notre Dame. Yes, yeah, up and down the field. <laughs> Held that team to 10. Yeah, I know it. Penn State can score. Boy, those were nasty conditions. I loved watching that football game. Held them to 17. Uh-huh. This is a good defense. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know where it ranks in the pantheon, and there's still a third of the season to be played, and we'll know after that where this one ranks. I still don't put it up there with some of the great defenses of Iowa football. No, I don't either. I don't either, but um, I I think that's fair. Look, of the two losses, the Michigan one's going to sting a little bit, I think. I think Penn State's a better football. I think Penn State, Ohio State's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. That's the, what, second last week of the regular season? Is that what it is? I think Penn State gets... 
Michigan, and then Michigan the following week gets, of course, Ohio State. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the that's the penultimate week of the regular season. So yeah, 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 right. November twenty third in Columbus. In, in Columbus. Wow. In Columbus. So I mean that that's appointment TV. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, speaking of appointment, next week Penn State Minnesota is game day. Don't buy, well, I guess two part question. Do we know where game day is this coming week? No, we still don't. I didn't think that, I thought I didn't think I'd missed it. I, I read an article about a half hour ago, still saying that they're still waiting. This is the longest. What that are they waiting for? It has something to do with the logistics, I believe, of my of Memphis. Well, the Liberty Bowl. Have you been to Liberty Bowl? I, I, it's a huge stadium in the mm-hmm. middle of a massive cement parking lot. But that's what it was. A uh, a radio guy in Memphis at the ESPN affiliate, and he part of the article was a couple of quotes from him. Was it it's, Gary Parish? No, it was Gary Parish. It was, but it was he does radio. In he Memphis. does. Yeah, but it was something with logistics. What that logistics mean? Is it where they're going to set up? Or well, do you know where? The, you know where they want to set up? Beale Street. Oh, maybe. Which is miles from the stadium. Well, and that very well could be the logistics that we're talking about here. Eh, put it Liberty Bowl. Okay, Trent, fine. it's a concrete. I mean, there's no trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's just concrete. And then they got maybe the, oh, the, what do you call them? Little, not boulevards. Well, maybe boulevards. Maybe there's a little bit of grass. Yeah. When we were there in December, there's not a lot of green. But as I remember the Liberty Bowl from, um, from the Memphis-Iowa State game. How many years ago was that? Three? Yeah. It was. It's just a massive concrete jungle, is what it is. It's all parking lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the shiniest area of Memphis, I wouldn't think. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're looking for a beauty shot, like they all yeah, want a yeah. beauty. Boy, oh boy, good luck. Well, and if it is that case, then and they don't want to put it Liberty Bowl just because it's kind of ugly, right? But they want to have it on Beale Street. There's a lot more strings to pull. I mean, it's not just talking to the university. No, you're talking to the city of Memphis yes. if you want to move it to Beale Street. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they have a hell of a backup plan if that doesn't come to fruition with the cocktail party, right? But they do- could do that every year, seemingly. They can, and I hope that they move on. And I hope they go to Memphis this yeah, week. Me I hope it works out. I think that'd be incredibly cool. Well, from Brookings to Memphis to Minneapolis. That would be a three-week run, right. and and aims earlier in the year. I mean, yeah. they're scratching off some uh, some destinations that they would ne- would never have gone to. Look, it's a big deal. I get mm-hmm. it's a TV show, but it's a big deal. Look at the, look at how big of a deal it was in Ames, mm-hmm. and you know they find Iowa State and their fan base finally got that opportunity. South Dakota State, North Dakota State, that was a big big opportunity for them. I loved when they went to Fargo. I yes, did. I thought yeah, it was yeah. great. Yep. And here comes Corso with the you know the baby bison or whatever it was uh, coming out of. The, where did he come out of a theater? I think yeah, he did yeah. in uh, in downtown Fargo. So I don't know where the campus is in Fargo, but they were in downtown Fargo for when they were there. Beale Street makes sense to yes, me. Yes, I'm right there with you. I think that'd be a really cool and a different kind of backdrop. And right. this is something that they've been continually working on is mm-hmm. is opening it up. It they can go to Tuscaloosa in two weeks for LSU Alabama. Right. They, they've been there hundreds of times mm-hmm. before. How about you do something different? And here's an opportunity where the game means something, Trent. There's no doubt. It means something these next two weeks. You know, there's there's a group of five bid on the line. There's a Cotton Bowl bid. Yeah. Very well could be on the right. line with SMU Memphis. That's an excellent point. The winner of this is in the driver's seat for that, no doubt. And Memphis does have a loss. Uh-huh. Appalachian State from the Sun Belt still mm-hmm. undefeated. Now they still have South Carolina on the schedule. They have already beat North Carolina this year, but we're getting a little deeper South down Carolina, the road. Who beats Tennessee beat South Carolina, didn't they? This yeah. Week? Jeez, I didn't Club see that one coming. No. Uh, what a great weekend of college football. Just it was. Just another tremendous weekend of college football. This, Unless you're a Cyclone fan. Well, and that wasn't good. Let, let's get to that one. You know, if you didn't see the game, 
and you're and you're just looking at the box score and maybe you don't have a you know a full on box score and you see well thirty nine to sixty two for three eighty two mm. Birdie had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. I mean the stats were there, Trent, but um, it's it's the worst Brock Purdy game. Well, certainly in a long time. Uh, he, he, I seemingly, you know, every other throw was off of his back foot. Some of his decisions they just weren't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just made some some bad decisions in the football game. Now I don't want to go crazy and think that they figured him out, but boy, oh boy, they had Oklahoma State, who, whose defense the week before against Baylor was just atrocious. It was, yeah. And they came up to Ames. And, and look, other than Chubba Hubbard's, how far did he go? 55? I think it was 65. 55 yards? And boy, he just ran away from those guys. He's boy, got some skitty up, doesn't he? My God. Um, and of course, Wallace, that touchdown, uh, Tylan Ty, Ty, Wallace, um, that first touchdown of his where he shredded some, just uh, shrugged off some tacklers, stiff-armed a couple other guys on the way to the end zone. And by the way, Matt Campbell... Greg Eisworth is hurt. Yeah. Come on. He, he's an important piece. He's a huge piece of that. And you saw that during the tackling. I mean, yes. there were missed tackles. You talk about the first touchdown. Well, it was Wallace, the tackle, that he got hurt. He took him on he t- his shoulder, tried to get him on the ground, and that's where he reaggravated. He's hurt. He's going to be hurt for the remainder of the season. He's going to have to go undergo surgery at some point. I'd be shocked if that's not the case. But to say that you're holding out as precautionary, he'll be fine the next game, come on. Right. Come on. Your nose is growing. You're better than that. And everybody... Just Come out and say it. They need, and there's nowhere else really to turn at that spot. He just he's so important for yes, what they is. do. Where he can go up, he can play in the box, mm-hmm. he can apply pressure, he can drop back. He is, he is the linchpin of that defense. And without him, you saw what happened. Speaking of that box score, you dig a little bit deeper, and if you're just looking at the box score, you say, "Boy, Iowa State should have won this game, thirty to fourteen in first downs." Iowa State goes five of sixteen on third down, two of twelve. For Oklahoma State, but the big number interceptions. Three mm-hmm. of them for Purdy, including mm-hmm. two pretty egregious. I just, no, just awful. bad, bad, just terrible. Yeah, yeah. The pick six and the one at the end, the, the game ender. Yes, uh, when they got the ball back, uh, I thought Landon Acres maybe was the best Cyclone on the field. Uh, he was the one that jumped off my TV screen again. The kicking woes continue to be an issue. I mean, you just score and then you kick the ball out of bounds. Yes. come on, <laughs> right? Yep. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, that's unbelievable. Um, but look, they're, they're, they're five and three as we sit here today. The Big 12, and it opened up with K-State beating Oklahoma, Texas going down earlier in the day to TCU. There was so much on the line in that football game. The, you know, had that, had that one gone their way, we would have flipped the calendar to November with a huge, opportunity here for Iowa State to play in a Big 12 championship. That that ship has sailed, Trent. That ship has sailed. You think so? I do. I think Oklahoma will beat them. I still think they can beat Texas. I'm with you. Absolutely. And I didn't I didn't before the season started. There's something wrong with this Texas team. Uh they can beat Texas. The game is in Ames. The fan base will be in full throat. I'll tell you whose arrow is pointing up and they're not going to beat Iowa State. But you know whose arrow is pointing up? Kansas State. Yeah, no, you, you, you're half. You got half of it right. Kansas. Kansas is there. I'm telling you, they played well two weeks in a row. They've played well two weeks in a row since they fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Remember Minneapolis last year? Mm-hmm. Minnesota fired their D coordinator. All of a sudden, the light bulb came on, and they've been different ever since. Look, they're going to finish last. <laughs> <laughs> in the division. But I don't know how many are in the division, in the conference. I don't know how many more years that's going to be the case. 
I think that Les Miles, we all laughed about the hire. Thought, yes. what does this guy's just stealing money? Mm-hmm. Does he need the paycheck that bad? Was it, were there no other options for you, Les Miles? Why, in God's name, would you take that job? Um, Kansas lo- is going to get some players. He looked terrible during the uh, press, press conference, conference with Puka. It was embarrassing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Boy, Puka's fun to watch run the football. Yes. He just stands there. He's just a, he, he, takes, he takes a handoff. He literally stops behind his, line, behind his offensive line, and he can't see him. Mm-hmm. And he just waits for that hole, and then poof, he just explodes through it. they got some guys. Kansas is a, good, is a good watch. I almost said a good football team. They're getting better, though. Saturday mid-afternoon, of course, you'll have the cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. You'll have Utah, Washington should be a decent Three game. Three o'clock, can't wait. But at 2.30? Kansas, Kansas State. <laughs> I th- I'm, I'm with I, you. I'm pumped up for that game. Well, for, for starters, I mean, for I, I want to watch because I want to get a, a better idea of you know those two teams yeah. because they're still on Iowa State's sure. schedule. Um, but, yeah. It's intriguing. It kind of is, right? And it certainly didn't, it didn't seem like that was going to be the case when the schedule came out. But that's a, that's a tough one for Iowa State. There's so much to... You know, so much was there for them, especially way the day that the day ended for the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State getting beat, Texas getting beat. Um, unbelievable. Who plays in the Big Twelve championship game? Well, Baylor is. Are you sure? Yeah, I think I am at this point, Trent. I think Baylor's going to play. They play Thursday night, so ESPN catches a decent break. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, they're they're an unbeaten. Power Five team on the top of their conference, so yeah, it's Baylor. I get that. Baylor hosting West Virginia, and the NFL game is uh, San Fran and Arizona. So, eh, not not awful. Yeah, I mean they're speaking of, and speaking of undefeated teams. I mean, yes. Niners are still unbeaten. Boy, they opened up, but they took the Panthers to the woodshed yesterday. Baylor uh, still has two road games left, but two road games that Where are, are they? overly daunting. TCU. Yep. Coming up November 9th, mm-hmm. and then Kansas to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. In between there is what? Home games with Oklahoma first, then yeah. Texas. Yeah. Worst case scenario, 7-2? and two? I think so, and that's going to be good enough. Yeah. And they're going to play Oklahoma, I would think. Yeah. I would think. Well, that Oklahoma game wasn't a fluke. It really it was wasn't. Not. Kansas no. State, good for you, Chris Kleiman. Uh, that was not a fluke. That I told was... you all week I like the Wildcats. You did say that. Did you bet them? I did. On the money line? I did. Oh boy. Yes. I Good also for had you. my double banger with uh, both Purple Wildcats, K-State Uh-oh. and Northwestern. Well, I would have paid 57-1. to 1. You can't win them all. But when you're hitting 12-1 to 1 with K-State... You'll uh, you'll put us that'll put a is smile on your face. Is that what yeah, good for you. That was a good one. Uh, there was plenty of bad though too throughout the course uh-huh. of the weekend. Uh-huh. NFL, we were both on the Colts. That was not good. We'll get into plenty gambling as the week continues on here. You know how bad is the bottom of the NFL? I'll just use the team that I follow, the mm. Broncos. The Broncos are two and six. If the draft were tomorrow, the Broncos would draft ninth. Ooh. Two and six, and they would draft ninth. So what does that tell you? There's some bad teams in the NFL. We're getting close to NBA tanking style happening in the NFL. <laughs> what about your Bears? Are they going to be in that boat? They're heading there. Good God. That's a terrible, Good terrible God. loss. Now let me ask you this, because if you're an NFL kicker, mm-hmm. you got to be able to make a 41-yarder. Yes, yes. So when Nagy decides to... Take the air out of the ball. He's gonna he's gonna run out the clock. He's mm-hmm. got timeouts. He's got David Montgomery. He's having a really good day. What was he? A buck thirty something? I think he finished with. He was excellent. I I, I don't blame him for it. the last thing you're gonna do is let Trubisky throw the football. Trent, I was dead wrong. Trubisky is an awful quarterback. He's terrible. Trubisky is. I mean, I don't know. Top worst three in the league. I mean, I, I don't know who would be who's worse than who's worse off at the quarterback position at the starting quarterback position than the Chicago Bears. 
The Dalton and the Bengals? Yeah, probably. Just because yeah. Dalton's at the end, I still think he's better. Ryan Tannehill with the Titans? Who had been good the last two weeks until he was mm-hmm. yesterday where he was bad for a long time. Case Keenum has got to be in that conversation. Sure. Miami. I mean, would you rather have Fitz in the beard and Rosen? Probably not. Mm, Rosen, no. No. Okay. So, where's five quarterbacks in the yeah, league? That's fair. They're they're in a terrible. Kyler Murray still got it. You can't you can't write him off. So, as we talked about with the end of the half for Iowa and not going for it mm-hmm. and being aggressive there. Did you want negative to try run the ball? Pick, pick up some additional run, run yards. Run the ball. The, the DNA of this Bears team after what happened in the playoffs and the double doink, mm-hmm. a miss earlier in the game from Panero. Mm-hmm. Why do that? I, I understand it's a forty-one yard. He's a pro. He should make it, but he didn't. Yeah, and this what just. Pick up an extra two, three yards. And you think that would have made a difference? It, it, Maybe between the years? Yeah. I, it couldn't have hurt. It couldn't have hurt. They're just, there is so much mentally mm-hmm. happening inside of that. It's the upright earlier. It just... Yeah. It, and that sound just reverberates around Soldier right. Field. That, that and doink. part of the upright that he hit caused the ball mm-hmm. to propel towards the sidelines instead of getting a lucky bounce and going right. through the uprights. It's, uh, that one was egregious. Mm-hmm. And Montgomery had his best day as a pro. They he ran was good. the football. He was good. They ran the football. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Hey, look, Nagy, what you do. We were talking about the Iowa State uh, box score. Yeah. Take a look at this box score for the Bears game. You just look at this in itself, and you say, well, the Bears had to win by three scores. They go through, all right, bring it up here, 26 first downs versus 11. And this is the NFL, where that's important. 5 of 14 on third down. The Chargers were 2 of 10. Mm. Bears run for 162. Chargers, 36. That's all they had. Melvin Gordon had a really nice. That's all he had a nice touchdown run. And that was, what, it. was it ten or eleven yards, yeah. twelve yards, something like that. Carrying guys into the uh-huh. end zone. That was it. That's all they ran for. Bears threw for more yards. Okay. They sacked him four times. They sacked Rivers four times. Mm-hmm. Trubisky was only sacked once. Really, go through every mm-hmm. single statistical category. Thirty-eight minutes time of possession versus twenty-two. This should have been a dominating win for the Bears. Seventeen, sixteen, season over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah, with the with the certainly the two at the top of the division, and that goes hand in hand with go get Cam Newton, go get C.J. Beathard. That had been talked about. The 49ers are looking well, to Beathard shop Beathard is on the block, so I didn't see it. the Bears rumored to be that, in the Beathard. Basically, any quarterback. Okay, but for because I've seen what? Cam Newton out there. For what? What are you going to do? You've already mortgaged your future to bring in Khalil Mack. You've mm-hmm. gone out. You traded a lot of assets, draft uh, draft equity, in order to do that. So you're going to bring in Cam Newton. You're going to bring in C.J. Beathard to what? Go four and four the rest of the year. Mm. You're not going six and two. Mm-mm. You're not going. And you're going to have to go six and two minimum. Minimum to get into the playoffs. Well, that's so, only that they've they've got uh, they've only played seven games. So seven and two. Seven and two. There you go. Seven and two gets them to ten. They can't go seven and two. No, not this Bears team. Absolutely no, not. Not with Mitchell. Trubisky. It's not happening for this team. So, but if they can't do it with Mitchell Trubisky, could they do it with somebody else? Yeah, I think so. so. Then should you mortgage the future? No, you don't want to. I don't want to. Not for a broken down Cam Newton. Not for a CJ Beathard that is yeah, not showing ability. Not so, I don't think Cam Newton's the answer to have the pocket presence to be an NFL quarterback long term. No, no, He's a tough no. sob. But I'm with you there. This is not the time to do it. The time to do it is the offseason uh-huh. and find whoever, and, and don't bring in a guy like Joe Flacco. That's not going to be the answer either. But that has to be the decision here. Nagy can't lose his job, Kenny. Why not? Boy. He was brought into Year uh, one, 12 and four. Right. Year two, gone. Wasn't he coach of the year last he year? He was. Gone in year two. Uh-huh. 
Boy, the NFL's tough, isn't it? It is. Freddie Kitchens going to lose his gig after one well, year. We could see that one coming, couldn't no, we? I have no idea who it was when they hired him. Uh, what about Vic Fangio in Denver? Is he in trouble if he... I don't think so. They gave Vance Joseph two years. you got to right. give Fangio yeah. a couple. I mean, but, but here's the caveat there. Elway might be out. And if Elway's replaced, oh, yeah. does, does whoever replaces him want his own guy? Uh, one of our guys, uh, Dylan Montz, is going to join us coming up here. In a second, he's from the Ames Tribune. We'll pick Dylan's brain. Uh, bye week for Iowa State. Bye week for Iowa. Weird week, right? I mean, just crazy. We talked about this back during the summer. We knew this was going to be. <laughs> it extends the it extends the season. It does so kind of okay for that reason, but it's going to be weird this it week. It is just flat out weird. College football is going on, and it's not just Iowa and Iowa State this week. There no, are a lot of teams off. A bunch of them off this week, and a bunch of big name teams that are off this week. Um, but boy, this last week, and with the exception of the uh, Steve. Uh, by the way, to see a dude fell out of the t- upper deck of Jack Trice. Yeah, what what bombed? I don't know. No one knows. I mean, I don't think he's been identified. At least he hadn't last night. Um, I didn't see any verified reports, but I saw, I saw people s- on Facebook that he landed on a couple Channel of people. Channel 8 had video of him on the stretcher. They cut his left, they, the paramedics, I guess, had cut his jeans up to his... Oh, not quite to his hip. Okay. Uh, but they'd sliced open his jeans, so did he maybe a broken left yeah. leg or something? Um, but they showed him on the stretcher being, you know, carried out in front of a p- bunch of people that had, you know, their phones and they were recording the video. And yeah. KCCI got some somebody's cell phone video. Um, I saw a report on WHO.com this morning. But I don't think he's been identified. I don't know if... I mean, the first thing that pops your mind, right? He's tanked. All right, yeah. But we don't know that. No, not at all. Uh, he hasn't been identified. There's been... Maybe it was just a, a complete accident. Very well could happen. Because the seat was in the front row of, of the upper deck. And, you take a misstep, you trip on something, yeah, yeah. you hit a piece of ice. Was he walking in front of other people trying to get to his right, seat? Yeah. We, I don't know. Nobody knows. At least at this point, or if they know, there's been nothing, there's been no report. Well, maybe Dylan Montz knows, and we'll ask him next as uh, Dylan will join us and we'll talk some Iowa State. But before we do that... Yes, this promotion continues on. It's time to put another $1,000 into your bankroll. You can use it for your bowl game. Iowa's eligible. Iowa State is one win away from joining them. Simply text the keyword FREEZE to 200-200 right now. That's FREEZE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Dylan Montz on Iowa State. He's coming up next. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 14. Sat for Humanity Restore. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. I'm Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, BMW, Des Moines guest list in the 11 o'clock hour. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will start things off going around college football. An hour from now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, we'll recap Iowa Northwestern and uh, recap the first two-thirds of the football season as Dylan Montz will right now as he joins us, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com, uh, for Dylan and the entire paper over there. Hello, Dylan, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you today? 
Doing well, guys. How about you? Doing well. Let's. Do, I want to do the good first before we pick apart the Oklahoma State game. You know, it was, I thought it was really good. Uh, Landon Acres, uh, not only catching balls, made a couple of plays as he seemingly always does on special teams. Where you know we're used to him making a big play, first guy downfield, the gunner downfield, making a play on special teams. But he was uh, he contributed offensively as Purdy found him what four or five times I think in the football game. I thought Landon Acres jumped off my TV screen. How about you? Yeah, four catches for 39 yards, and one that was a really crucial play. And it's kind of been interesting to watch his uh, evolution because it seems like last year, um, every other game or so, it seems like Iowa State would take one shot toward him, and sometimes he'd come up with it. Sometimes, um, you know, it would go through his hands or he'd be in tight coverage or, or whatever the case was. But he's come up with some pretty big catches, and they like what he gives them. Obviously, he's really um, he's fast. Um, he's kind of flexed between inside and outside. Uh, receiver in his career so he's moved around quite a bit but um, he was coming up with some pretty big plays to kind of keep some hope alive and and get some things going but yeah he's kind of one of those utility versatile type of guys that they can use in in a lot of different ways so and and he's an in-state kid so kind of cool for him to to uh, have his role grow in this way. So a little uncharacteristic really throughout this football game, giving up the big plays defensively, the run up the middle for Chuba, the first touchdown of the game, missed tackles all over the place there, the interceptions offensively, well, I guess this isn't different, but another missed kick in the special teams. It, it was an all-three-phases loss for Iowa State on Saturday. Yeah, and the most uncharacteristic one, I think, was was the defense because they have limited the big play. Mm-hmm in large part this season um you know the thailand wallace one the 71 yarder where he gets through two tacklers uh tiptoeing down the sideline somehow doesn't get pushed out i think um was probably the most egregious um you know the 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 chuba hubbard one up the middle um i think matt campbell said there was maybe miscommunication there a guy wasn't in the right spot and and he zooms off and then even the one with um brayden johnson i think on the sideline that went for 50 yards um he slips through one tackle and, and that kind of speaks to what you were saying trent but um, you know, they, they stopped the Thailand Wallace one. Maybe they settle for a field goal. Maybe the drive takes a little bit longer. And I think that's maybe the biggest thing for the defense is, um, you know, Oklahoma State's been kind of one of the one offense in the Big 12 that's figured out the defense the last few years. Um, but if you can make them take time to score instead of having it be boom, 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 they, they go on three plays and, and are able to score that way, um, it changes the complexion of the game. So that, that was probably the toughest part for them, although they did figure it out later on. Um, but that's kind of when the offense started to to turn for the worst too. So it's yeah, weird, uncharacteristic things uh, all around. What did Oklahoma State do with a great deal of success? Quite honestly, to you know, to to make Brock Purdy seem um, you know like that was his first started his collegiate start. Like if you just looked at his thirty nine for sixty two for three eighty two, you'd think he had a pretty good day. But they were uh, they pressured him all game long. What were they doing to Purdy that got him off his game? Do you think? Yeah, they they were mixing and matching some some coverages. I, th- I think that started there, but they also were bringing pressure. I linebackers, think. Um, uh, yeah, linebackers. The defensive line was getting good push. I thought, although you know, I, I think the offensive line for Iowa State did fine. Um, they were uh, allowing a little bit of pressure. He would get outside a little bit and just um, you know, and he took off a couple times, but didn't really look comfortable um, taking off. It looked maybe a little bit slow at times too. Just was unsettled most of the day. So. Um, I, I think it was pressure, but also, um, you know, give credit to the back end because I think they did do a good job um, kind of uh, disguising maybe where they were going with things. So uh, a, a little bit of everything, and 
um, you know, kind of a little bit surprising just given what Oklahoma State has done on defense this year. But I think it started with Purdy just not looking quite as, as comfortable as he usually does. Charlie Kohler, another big game out of him. He has become a star. Ken and you were right in front of this one. I just I didn't know if the offense was going to be able to open up for a tight end position, but we're seeing it out of Kohler. Big frame, great athleticism, kind of all the tangible. Still just a sophomore, but his future and a weapon, and feels like a little bit of a change of what they're doing offensively with a guy like that. Yeah, the big body really kind of changes mm-hmm. the dynamic, dynamic, and um, you know he's obviously even a little bit different than Hakeem Butler was because he's a little bit thicker. Um, he can play in in some um, tight spaces. Um, he can be really physical, but um, the thing that's interesting is he he can catch it in a lot of different ways. He can catch it in traffic when um, you know they need a couple tough yards. He can also catch and run a little bit, so he bounces between those roles really well and can flex outside. Um, he did play a lot of receiver in high school, so he's he's used to that. Um, but uh, he's a really smart kid, too. It, it's kind of um, interesting to listen to him after games, and he was a little bit quieter, obviously, on Saturday after that one and, and down about it, but um, you know, you can tell his intelligence, and, and that makes him a good fit for the position just given um, you know, what they ask him to do. I think uh, you know, Alex Golish, the tight ends coach, and even Matt Campbell have said in the past, um, in that offense, after the quarterback, the, the position that needs to know the most about what's going on and, and has to know everybody's jobs is the tight end. So I think Kohler's a good fit. Uh, they threw the ball, what, uh, Purdy threw, threw it 62 times. Was that the game plan, do you think? Did, uh, did Manning and company think going into this that this is where, go- where we're going to be able to you know, exploit this Oklahoma State uh, football team defensively? Is We're going to be able to you know, do some damage through the air. Was that the game plan going in, do you think, Dylan, or did they change up on the fly? Because they seem to get away from you know, the running game um, that has carried them, quite honestly, last couple of games with Brees Hall doing most of it. But they threw the ball 62 times, which is a crazy number. Yeah, Matt Campbell's eyebrows kind of raised when he was looking at the stat sheet when that got brought up, and he says he doesn't think he ever goes into a game thinking they're going to throw the ball 60-plus times. And, um, you know, that's that ties the most an Iowa State quarterback has thrown in the game ever. Um, and Brock Purdy set a record for completions with 39. So, um, you know, I, it's it was, it was interesting because I looked at the stat sheet and I thought Brees Hall, um, even though he did show up at times, I didn't think he got used a ton, but he right. did have 18 carries and a few catches, so uh, it's not like he was underused. Uh, he maybe could have had a couple more carries here and there, but um, you know the completion numbers or the uh, pass attempt numbers probably got up a little bit toward the end of the game when they were a little bit more desperate. But um, you know, I, I thought that's probably a few too many times to throw, just given the way Brock Purdy was a little bit more unsettled. Uh, I would have maybe looked for. Uh, a little bit more out of the run game, but uh, again, uh, it, was, it was hard, I think, for them to really kind of establish uh, a rhythm there when Oklahoma State would go and score, um, you know, on two or three play drives uh, with those big long um, touchdown runs or catches or whatever the case was. So, uh, yeah, kind of a peculiar way the game unfolded, and um, you know, it's hard to imagine them thinking they will throw the ball that many times, just given um, kind of the style and ball control type of offense they'd like to have. By week this week for Iowa State before they get back at it for the final third of the season. We saw after their first bye of the year, came out, had that gadget play early on with Deshante Jones throwing a touchdown against Iowa. Self-scouting going on, maybe a, a chance to put in an extra play or two. What else do you anticipate we're going to see out of ISU here during the bye? Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think um, you know for the defense, they've had to mix and match a lot and, and plug some holes just given some of the injury concerns. So I think 
getting guys as healthy as possible, figuring out, um, you know, Ryan Vance was back, so that was mm-hmm. good for them. But uh, getting gray guys where is to come back in and, and be as healthy as possible for the stretch run is going to be important. Um, shoring up, um, you know, figuring out maybe what the deficiencies were in those big plays, um, trying to find ways to, to get a little bit better there. Um, the offense, I think, Probably just, uh, you know, diagnosing, uh, you know, if they were going to lose the game, the Oklahoma State game right before the bye week could provide an interesting opportunity because you can kind of uh, tinker with some of the mistakes you made and, um, you know, figure out why they weren't going to the run game as much, maybe what was going on with Purdy early in the game, why he was a little bit more unsettled, what Oklahoma State did defensively to disguise some of what it was doing. Um, So I think – there's a lot of things uh, across the board you can go to, but um, I, at this point, I think you're just kind of more uh, refining some things instead of making wholesale changes. So, so it'll be interesting to see, especially given Oklahoma next week. Right, and Oklahoma's got a bye week this week, so they're going to be a pissed-off football team, knowing what they, uh, they're they sitting on a loss for a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, so much was... Uh... You know, it's all there, right? Oklahoma goes down. Texas gets beat this uh, this this weekend. Iowa State falls to Oklahoma State. What uh, what might have been? Uh, Mike Mike Rose was really good on the in the football game. Jamal Johnson doesn't jump off the stat sheet, but I but he flashed uh, periodically. Um, but you know, to, to Eisworth for a second, and, and you've said it, and I totally agree with you. It's it's not going to heal until the season comes to its conclusion. Um, you know. Campbell said again that he he held him out as precautionary. Could have put him back in the football game. Really? Was his nose growing when he said that? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've all kind of learned, especially throughout this season, you got to take a little bit of a grain of salt or a lot of bit of grain of salt uh, with with the injury stuff. And I, I was kind of watching Eisworth because the play that he got you know dinged up on was the one the Wallace run um, that, or the, the, the catch. Wallace run. Yeah. So it, was, it was really early in the game. So he went over to the training table. They were messing with the brace on his right shoulder, mm-hmm. um, and they eventually just took his helmet away. And he was still on the sideline and engaged, and he was in um, the safety uh, huddles and, and talking to guys and, and figuring things out. But, um, yeah, it, you know, if if they weren't going to use him in that game when they needed a stop or needed some help, then I, I don't know if they are going to use him. So, um, you know, the bye week gives them a little bit of time. I'm sure there will be a lot of treatment and a lot of time right. off for him to get as uh, ready to go as possible, but it's not going to be a thing that gets better until um, you have, uh, you know, a month or so to, to kind of um, recover and, and stay away from football. Dylan Montaigne's Tribune. Dylan, if, did you hear what happened to the guy that fell out of the top, uh, um, the upper deck? Is, is any update at all? Uh, you know, I, I didn't even hear about it really until after the game and yeah. was trying to catch up on it, and I was, um, you know, trying to get uh, plugged into it a little bit more this morning. I haven't heard anything else. Um, but, uh, yeah, scary deal for sure. Oof. What are the chances that there's a night game uh, on Iowa State schedule still to go? At Oklahoma, I don't think that kickoff time has been announced. If it has, I missed it. Home to Texas, home to Kansas, and uh, at K-State. You know, nor I mean, there, is, is there a chance, do you think, that one of those final four games is played under the lights, either home or away? Yeah, I, you would think. Um, you know, I, the Texas game uh, could be a candidate, depending on whether it's a – uh, Fox Sports game or whether it's ESPN, um, I, I think that's probably one of the bigger deciding factors. Um, you know, it, it is peculiar though to not have one. You know, usually the the season opener um, is is a night game that got picked up by FS1, I believe this yep. year. So it's just, um, yeah, I would think one of these last few would would be a candidate. But um, you know, for me, selfishly, I kind of like the early kickoffs. <laughs> I can get in under deadline and 
um, and take a little bit of time with my boys. I got it. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. So will you get any coaches or coordinators availability this week, or are they shutting you out again? Uh, Joe Campbell today uh, on That's the Big 12 teleconference. Maybe an opportunity later on for a player or two, but um, the, the bye week usually stays pretty quiet. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's our bye week too a little bit, I guess, but hopefully mm-hmm. we're going to have – um, plenty of coverage at the Ames Tribune to, to keep people satisfied until the next game. AmesTrib.com is where you can read it online or you can buy that newspaper. Ames Tribune, Dylan Montz joins us. Dylan, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune as we talk Iowa State. I, I, did, I mean, Iowa. The walls of... It just blows me away. For, for, Fort Trice all of a sudden. It's unbelievable, Trent, mm-hmm. it, how it has reversed. It has. I was going to put a couple of uh, coaches. You have to feed the beast. Right. Not the beast. The, 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 the audience. Yes. Right. Give us something. I don't understand it. I don't it's understand. Different. The little nugget. Well, results have been a little bit different than the previous regimes, right? Well, that and... What would you rather have? More well, availability yeah. and awful football <laughs> but, or good football? But why can't you have both? Good question. I mean, I was Iowa. Kirk Ferentz hired a PR firm, mm-hmm. and now you're getting on. It's, it's you got to do these things. Yes, I think I'm with you. And and they get they get uh, Campbell on a teleconference. I'm mean, going to call it good. I don't get it. Come back. We'll finish out the hour. You will never believe what I was doing yesterday from uh, the last week, Sunday in September. What I was watching late in the afternoon till early evening. Really? Sporting event. Not football? Not football. Baseball. Now, football was over. Okay. Baseball hadn't started yet. I'm intrigued. Oh, you got to figure this out. I got it. You know, I would love to see the number because I have a feeling there's a lot of sports fans doing the exact same thing I was. This is the best tease I've heard in a while. You you don't know. No? You can't figure this out. I'll have a break to think about it. All right. We'll do that. We'll come back and uh, we will discuss the event. Uh, when Miller and Condon continue, Des Moines Sports Station, 14thLawFirm.com. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you here until noon, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football uh, at 11, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic slides on in here at uh, 11.30. So yesterday afternoon, football comes to an end. The late window was closing. Um, Patriots had covered. Mm-hmm. Thought they might get backdoored late in that football game yesterday. Uh, the Niners were just pounding, pounding uh, the Panthers. The The Raiders game came down to the end. That was pretty good. It was, so, yeah. So Twitter alerts me. The Tiger Woods... Oh, is going for his 82nd tour victory. See, I figured you were going to like bowling. That no, used, didn't yet. Yeah, that used to be a big deal on Sundays. Oh, uh, Saturdays wasn't was it? Was it set? Well, I, you know what? I don't know. I remember it watching weekend. with my grandpa Kettleson. Yeah, Earl Anthony. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Lefty. Yeah. And bowling on the weekends. People watching. Huge trend. Eating it up. Huge. Ate it right up. So I watched the golf. The Zozo, I think it's called. This is an actual tour event. <laughs> the Zozo. Right. The Zuzu or the Zozo Championship in Japan. And it's not like this was just an invitational where, you know, Tiger and a bunch of guys cash a check go over there. This was, I mean, there were some heavy heads that participated in this thing. But I watched Tiger 
coming down the stretch, uh, try and hold on and win his uh, 82nd victory, tying him with Sam Snead. I mean, it's just a remarkable story, right? Mm-hmm. There's the four back surgeries where um, for what he went through to get back to this point and wins another golf tournament, 82nd one. And there's a picture of Tiger as... I'm guessing he's eight or nine. Okay. With Sam Sneed. Oh, really? It reminds me of the picture, and I think I've showed you where Gordie Howe has a 10 year old Wayne Gretzky yes, beside yep, him. Yep. And, you know, these two would go, be, go on to be the greatest that ever played, and Sam Sneed and Tiger Woods now with 82 wins. But, yeah, I wanted to watch Tiger complete it and see if he could do it, and he did it. And Got a pretty, pretty good cool. year out of Tiger this year. No, it was really good. All the Masters considered. in this one? Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, the Masters is the biggest story. 2019 sports calendar. I think think so. Anyways, let's get Jeff in here before we run out of hour. You're always welcome to call 284-5966. Jeff, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? What's up, guys? I got two things for you. Okay. First one, uh, I want to give a shout-out to David Montgomery. I think I called in on Friday. Mm -hmm. He had the best game of the year. Um, It was good to see him do well. Oh, you were our Uh, Claxons participant, weren't you? Yes, I was. Absolutely, yep. Now, on the flip side of that, as a, I'm not a Bears fan, but if I was, you know, it's got to haunt them that, you know, you pass up on Mahomes, you pass up on Watson, <laughs> you move up to get Trubisky. I think that's going to haunt them for years to come. Ryan Bad, Pace, but, I don't know how he sleeps at night. I mean, either. <laughs> Second thing, um, I'm a Cyclone fan, but I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. And that loss Saturday, you know, just in the pecking order of the Big 12, that's a game you have to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I understand there was positive. But when you're a big-time favorite, you need to open up the game and really just, you know, knock them out right in the mouth and, you know, coast to the finish line. And there was no urgency. I didn't see a lot of passion. I thought that they could, they thought that they could just walk in there and beat Oklahoma State. They haven't beat Oklahoma State back-to-back since 2000. Mm-hmm. So They were flat. Yeah. They were flat, and yep. here's the deal. They're, com- they're going to have a bye. They're not going to beat Oklahoma. That Texas game is 50-50. Winnable, yep. K- K-State's looking better. Mm-hmm. So now to think that Iowa State was going to get eight, nine wins, that's, that's, that's going to be a tough sell. And yep. now we're looking back at Iowa State being, you know, a little bit above, you know, average. And, and let's not forget, because people like to knock Kirk and knock Iowa when they lose to Indiana or to Purdue – or to Northwestern, this is a bad loss for Iowa State. No. They should have won that game. Especially Seriously. with what happened earlier in the early in the day. Yeah. Everything was the uh, Jeff, thanks for the call, and, and I agree with you. It's, it's a bad loss. Look, if they go... I mean, three and one's asking a lot down the it stretch, is. I think, Trent. This team, most likely scenario is... I think probably two and two. That's two seven and two, and, and that's seven and five. And this was going to be a huge historical. disappointment. For that's this not team. historical. No, and not that at word all. was tossed around a lot in the summer. You're looking historical. for that breakthrough. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. we talked about a breakthrough for Iowa. This felt like everything was on the mm-hmm. table for a breakthrough defensively, as good as they were going to be. Quarterback back after getting his feet wet as yep. a freshman. The receivers on the outside. An offensive line finally gelled. That offensive line's going to look completely different next season. Yeah, it is. Purdy will be back, but it's going to be Shante Jones won't be there. Right. Going to be new receivers out there. You got to figure out some of those spots. Brees Hall's going to be there. That's Petway's going to be gone. That's a positive. But yeah. that defense is going to take some hits. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different look. Yeah, this was the year to have it done. Mm-hmm. 
I hope Jaquan Bailey doesn't play anymore this year. You know, keeps that redshirt opportunity, comes back and and plays another year. Yeah, it was, um, look, Texas goes down, Oklahoma goes down. It was all there for you. But the game against the Sooners looks more winnable. Yeah, but the Sooners, they're licking their wounds for 13 days, 14 days as well. That's going to be a pissed-off football team. And it's at uh, it's in Norman. All right, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football from a national perspective. Yet uh, next, what did we see? And we'll opine on that. Scott Dockerman at eleven thirty. Trent and I till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX.